Hello everyone, Tabby here. So today's episode is a continuation of the last episode that we posted. Uh, That day we actually wound up recording for three hours, so I didn't think that anyone really wanted to sit down for a three hour chunk of us talking. So we broke it up for you. And we hope you enjoy. Uh, And we love you. And have a happy holiday. We're in the holiday season. Okay, so we're rounding out on hour three. I don't know that we're going to save all of this on one, so if this is in multiple episodes, we'll figure it out editing-wise. Everything's a learning experience. But, yeah. So, uh, we were talking about... Belief. Belief, and the kind of um, fluid nature of what we consider to be facts. Yeah. Right, because we really don't... we, We say we know things... But how many times have products been recalled? Right, right. And and also, it really depends on, like, your understanding of the word know, mm. right? Because in order to know, there's certain, there's certain requirements, right? The outcome has to be observable to everyone, right? The same outcome. Now, how many times have you undergone something uh a project or and someone lays out the instructions of this is how you do it and then you come up with a totally different outcome right no no implies it's observable it's replicatable and anyone who does it is going to come out with the same outcome Mm -hmm. how many things in life right if i explain to you all of the steps to do a layup and then you go out and you try to perform a layup. Does that necessarily mean now that you have all the information, does that mean that you're necessarily going to hit the perfect layup? No, absolutely not. Right. Because that's a muscle memory thing. And and that's and that's another conversation altogether. We do this thing where we compartmentalize certain aspects of what we are and then want to lump together everything else. Yeah. Right? So, like, we want to compartmentalize our thoughts from our feelings. But then we want to consider our consciousness, our body, our spirit, all one thing. You see? Right? So, so we do this disservice to ourselves where we look at something in small parts mm-hmm. out of context. And then we do ourselves a disservice because we want to lump certain things together with... with, with very hyper specific context that only applies to what excuse me to one part of the thing yeah no no i i agree with you there too and i think that the compartmentalization of everything and the fact that we solely study things in their parts mm-hmm. makes people uh, uh, conditions people to not make certain connections although i do get what you're saying where you know we can't make the connections point to one hyper-specific thing and expect it to be actually 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. And we have to recognize speculation where it's speculation. Right? Because just because I came up with a conclusion doesn't mean it's right, but it also doesn't mean that I was wrong in the attempt to make a conclusion. Yeah, and also... We should be thinking critically. That that also doesn't mean that that, um, 
the conclusion in and of itself was right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, and this is one of those factors that people never consider, sometimes the circumstances are aligned in such a way where something turns out to be true. Mm -hmm. But should you change the circumstances of it, there's no evidence to prove that that thing is true, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes the scenario in which you find yourself, all the events just line up so that a particular outcome can can happen. But well, you change one thing and now the outcome is completely different. This is kind of linked to what we, we were talking about, about, you know, um, certain op conspiracies. You know, how when people were uh, questioned legitimately questioning certain things like 9-11 mm-hmm. and like how I forget which building but one of them just kind of oh poofed six I can't remember I don't I, I there were there were two other buildings other than the towers that collapsed were, if I remember correctly and one of them one of them was like blocks away mm-hmm. like it just it just didn't have any like logical reason why event a led to event b and then the eyewitnesses saying like you know no it was that was a bomb it sounded like a bomb i heard it and the people who or even the people in new orleans yeah yeah who said the the same thing they said we heard demolition style bombs and and you cannot tell us that we didn't hear that yeah and some people some people go as far not not just that there were explosions but that they were I'm going to call them otherworldly because I don't have another word. Mm-hmm. But that there were otherworldly sounds mm-hmm. that people from within the Thunderdome were hearing, mm-hmm. right? Which leads those people to believe that the military was outside fighting something, mm-hmm. right? I've heard tales, right? Like people, there's some people who have told stories where they're like, no, that happened because like Godzilla showed up essentially and the military. Not necessarily Godzilla. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but uh, uh, some some kind of big extraterrestrial, yeah. otherworldly thing came into our space, and the military was pushing them back with bombs. And then there's also speculation that you know the storm was um, influenced to only affect the lower income communities, thus I mean, that's leaving prime real estate for the people who really wanted to take it. Yeah. Right, and we see these new gentrification techniques happening all the time right with islands and and everything where people are buying up all the property from the people who can't afford it but also you know there's what is it 74 weather uh manipulation patents in existence Mm -hmm. from what the early 70s to now Mm -hmm. or i'm sorry what is it weather modification so we can create clouds right this is a thing that we can do oh yeah they do that in dubai yeah, so why do we pretend that it's that when we look at the sky and we see strange patterns in the clouds that it's natural? Also, this is this is another thing, right? So it uh like associated. Uh-huh. The words that we use mean specific things, mm-hmm. right? But people want to change the meaning of words to fulfill some some narrative that they're trying, right? You said weather modification. Mm-hmm. Now, weather control, right? This doesn't mean that the U.S. government... I'm not saying that they can't, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the government, for example, can point a lightning bolt at a specific person at a specific place mm-hmm. in a specific time. But if I could generate rain clouds and force rain in a particular area, I could then affect... 
air pressures. If I can affect air pressures, I can cause collisions, which would cause a hurricane. This reminds me of predictive programming because I don't know how many of you have kids, but if you'd seen the new Paw Patrol movie I saw with my nephew, the main villain has a weather modification gun, mm. which he uses to make sure that it doesn't rain because part of his political platform was that there'll always be sunny, sunny days, days when I'm in office. Yeah. Right? Say what you will about this. The moral is there are consequences to fucking around with nature. Mm-hmm. Right? Just because we have the technology to influence it doesn't mean she wants to be influenced. Right. And right. also like And how dare you think you know better. Right. I created everything and you want to tell me about my design. Yeah. But uh, I apologize that wasn't my initial point. My initial point was when people started to speculate on things that were valid questions, like what are these politicians doing? How come all this money is getting spent on this thing? Then it was like, you know what? Let's release a bunch of crazy conspiracies that some people will believe. And whatever your extent of crazy, like whatever your threshold is. I'm not going to specific is, examples. Yeah, whatever your threshold for that is, you apply it however you but want. But we're going to flood the world with conspiracies that we made up so that we can then point the finger and cast, um, cast the crazy title on everyone who questions. Right? Oh, no. I'll give, I'll give a specific example that applies... Uh, why do you think it is that in the movies, all the super soldiers, all the, uh, are like police and military? Mm. Why, why is it always, why? Because then you as a person think to yourself, well, they've probably got at least one Jason Bourne on the force. I'm not going to fuck around and find out. I'm not going to get yeah. killed by a fucking book and a it pencil. It discourages dissent. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Because you also were saying that, um. I don't remember where you saw this from, but that the CIA is heavily in bed with Hollywood oh, yeah, no, in they... terms of dictating how stories go and how agents are are perceived and presented. Yeah, in... not how stories go, but how like mi like how people in the military or how co like how people in law enforcement how they're presented and what things they are allowed and not allowed to show, mm -hmm. right? Because for example, I happen to know statistically that members of law enforcement have some of the highest rates of spousal abuse. Mm -hmm. Right? How come the Jason Bournes of the movies are never spousal abusers? Yeah. How come these hyper-testosterone mega-men are never out here smacking their women around? Because they want to paint a particular narrative, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, we are the good guys. The good guys are on our side. They're super soldiers. You can't mess with them. Don't even try. And those guys in your community are the outliers. That's right. not the norm. Which is why Dominicans are always displayed to be drug dealers and rapists and all this. Because they want you out there as the, as the viewer to make an association, a reference, a point of reference in your mind. So from that day forward, whenever you hear X, you respond with Y. Mm -hmm. It's it's a Pavlovian response. Yeah, it's, it's conditional. It's the MK Ultra Light that has been 
um, utilized on all of us throughout our whole lives. Like we have so much programming and conditioning that we have to unlearn that we can only unlearn in silence, which we are not allowed to have if we're going to survive in this or if we're going to thrive, quote unquote, in this world. It's all programming. So you have to be open to the idea that everything you quote unquote know could be a lie. Yeah. That's have, pretty much it. You have to you have to operate under the assumption that you literally don't know anything. Right? And it's it's the it's the mindset that I try to go into with everything that I was just talking about earlier, right? So if today you were approached by a vampire, mm-hmm. right, and you could prove this guy drinks blood, he does all the vampire things, he only comes out at night, if he sticks his hand out the window during the day, smoke starts, right? Does all the vampire things. If vampire, then of course werewolf. Yeah, the possibilities are endless. If werewolf, then of course dragon, right? There's no hard and fast line of like logical, completely insane. Right. So like, or like all the, all the siren mermaid stuff that we've been seeing Mm -hmm. now, right? And all the examples of that. Or Amber was talking about like Uncanny Valley and like where the theory of Uncanny Valley is that at some point there was something so akin to humans, but just slightly off. Mm -hmm. That we genetically developed the ability to tell things apart from humans. As part of our like uh, defense mechanism. Because at some point, skinwalkers were real. At some point, the Wendigo yeah. was real. Right? And there, I'm not saying that any of that is true, but there's enough wiggle room. That you can't the, say it's definitely it, not. Exactly. Not definitively, not 100%, not without the ability to be questioned. Because everything is and should be questioned. I think that's the moral of this entire episode. Is that everything should be questioned. And, you know, I've been proven wrong many times, as have everyone else who is willing to admit that. You know? And the things that we think we know are highly influenced. If what you know is from the news on TV... I, ha- I hate to break it to you. Yep. But you don't really know as much as you think you do because that's what they want you to know. And it doesn't matter where you get your news from. It's all influence. Right? Whether it's left-leaning, right-leaning, whether it's a narrative that someone in, in some boardroom somewhere decided that this is what you're allowed to know because they have enough money to make sure this is what you're allowed to know. And that doesn't mean that you should completely abstain from it, although I do a lot of the time. Um... I do the opposite. Exactly. There's different different approaches, right? If you can mindfully consume while knowing that it's trying to influence you, then you can come up with some conclusions and, and, and you know, let your internal knowing flourish. Because now you're like, okay, here's, here's what I'm presented with. Mm-hmm. What do you got, internal me? That's really how it should be. Yeah. What do you think about this? And then we just not even really debate. Instead, we just express what we think that we know, express our reality, cast that vibrational net, and then bring in what's meant to be brought in. Instead of fighting with everybody and trying to be like, no, my way is right and you need to follow my way because secretly I want us to have our lives together. So one of us needs to concede. No, people fall away then. Right? And and people for a long time, I don't know what they feel about it, but 
I am very welcoming to the idea that people come and go and that I don't really maintain connections when I feel that they've expired, despite the fact that a person may not have felt that it expired. And I have certain standards that some, you know, that, that not everybody understands, but I've been saying for a long time, since early 2020, since all this started, there are certain people who are going to be a liability. Yeah, and it's because even... you're going to want to pull each other into what your idea of rightness is. So right now, we're there's a certain, um, you know, will you or won't you that's happening in the world that you all know what it is. Mm-hmm. And why would I waste my time trying to convince people to go the opposite way? Yeah. I, I'm not like well I mean I think that ultimately falls into the approach of conversation that I was saying earlier right are you trying to make a point or are you trying to prove a point mm-hmm. are you locked into your idea or is there wiggle room in your mind for me to exist mm-hmm. because if there isn't wiggle room for me to exist then I'm not going to exist in your space I'll go to a place where there is wiggle room for me exactly. to exist. And this is where people have, I think, have everything a little messed up. It's not all going to fall one way. Prohibition existed. There's going to be a new version of it. Just because certain people are not going to be allowed in certain spaces does not mean that they're going to be subjected to be at home forever. Things are going to happen. People are going to create their new industries or whatever. And um, hang on. Yeah, so there's always going to be a space for someone. It's just you have to be flexible in who's going to be there with you. You have to be you have to be flexible in one of two ways. You get to make the decision where you apply your your flexibility, right? And that flexibility shows up in either we don't think the same, but I accept you, mm-hmm. right? So, cool, whatever you think is whatever you think. Or, I'm trying to dictate the outcome of my life. Mm-hmm. And you are the sum of the company you keep. So, for the betterment of both of us, because we are aiming in two different directions, mm-hmm. I should let you go. Or, or you should let me go, yeah. right? In most cases, it's it's me. It's me that like backs away from relationships because I realize this person is not here to give me what I need, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't make them a bad person. That doesn't make them someone I hate. That doesn't that doesn't put us at odds. I just realize that our trajectories, our outcomes, our desired outcomes mm-hmm. are different. We're aiming at two different things. If you're trying to become a professional football player. And I'm trying to become an astrophysicist, Mm -hmm. right? We can be friends, but our targets are in two totally separate directions. And what it's going to require for you to become a professional football player and for me to become an astrophysicist is time, effort, dedication, late nights, uh, training, all these things that take us in separate directions that keep us from spending time with each other. Mm -hmm. The people that you want in your life, if your goal is to streamline your life should be to only surround yourself with people who have goals that 
are not similar, but at least tangentially parallel enough that we're going in the same direction. Because if not, if the people in your life are all people that are going in the opposite direction, now you're fighting the flow of energy in your life. Now you're having to overcome more obstacles. You're literally making your life harder. Well, and I think it also has to do with um, recognizing red flags when they appear. Right? Like, I'm thinking of a specific um, instance in my life. But there were times where I wanted to maintain relationships because I was still in the thick of it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still at this job. And these people are all right. And I could pretend well enough to hang out with them for drinks after work. That doesn't mean you're my long-term friend. But but sometimes you fall into it so deep that, that now you're trying to, like, think of your life with these people when they're really only meant to be there for a season. And when these red flaggy things come up, like, you know, we go out into to an unfamiliar territory for me and then you put me in an unsafe position, that's a red flag. Yeah. Right? So now... What I do, and I think a lot of, I've heard a lot of astrologers say that Scorpios do this, is by the time I let you go, there's been a bunch of transgressions. Right. It's not just one thing. I'm just not going to confront you about, hey, I didn't like when you, um, you know, left me stranded in another borough that I'm unfamiliar with. I didn't really like that. Yeah. No, I just slowly back away. Yeah. And I continue engaging because I'm like, you know, maybe it was just me, but all of these things are happening internally. Yeah. And I don't. You know, I don't know if that's a character flaw on my part, but I don't need to discuss your conduct with you. Right. right? So then, I'm when, not your teacher on report card day. Like that's not you live your life. You need to you self-regulate. Live. Yeah. Just you, like I need to self-regulate, and you know. But at the end of the day, like the only people that I want to interact with are people who have enough of a foresight to a know themselves well enough to know how they're going to act in a situation. I.e. like, I'm not going to go with you to a part of town that I've never been mm-hmm. and go get sloppy drunk at a bar so that you have to take care of me the whole night. Yeah. That's inconsiderate of me Yeah. to put that responsibility on you. Um, But at the same time, you don't necessarily have to be thinking about other people. You just have to be aware enough of your own actions to determine if I get put in this environment, how am I going to act? Yeah. Because you should if you're around my age I'm 38 now, I'm closing in on 40 soon. Like, if you're my, by this point in your life you should be at a point where you go, well if somebody did this, here's like a 97% chance of what I would do. Like I'm 90% certain if somebody said XYZ I'm going to punch him in the throat. Well, yeah, and I, and I knew in the... So, you know, um, we careened into a very extreme time. Yeah. Very quickly. And Out of the, the main everyone's team, control. The relationships that I had before all this happened, they weren't like, hey, if, if, if shit really goes down, are these the people I'm going to be around? Right. That wasn't my thinking. So when shit went down and I saw how people were reacting, I dropped a lot of people. You started excluding them from the bunker? Hell yeah. What are you, crazy? Yeah, because some people were like, I'm sorry. If you took a picture of your card and posted it. You know, I'm, uh, that's. I had a major issue with it too. 
But the reason I had an issue with it was completely different. To me, it's the same thing as like geotagging your pictures. It's the same thing as like sharing your kids on social media. Mm-hmm. It's you're not realizing that you're giving yourself a vulnerability. You're mm-hmm. giving yourself something that somebody else with the right intention or the wrong intention can exploit. And you're only doing it to virtue signal. Yeah, to because say you I'm part say, of the... I'm, I'm right. I'm a good person. Yeah. That's really what it is. I don't give a shit what you do with your body. Do whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. I really don't care. But to use a crisis, a perceived crisis, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of speculation on this. To use a perceived crisis to take the opportunity to stroke your own ego and belittle other people who think differently than you. Which... Earlier, Get out of here, man. as I was talking about, like, uh, the events of Puerto Rico and, mm-hmm. like, the scientific experimentation that went on here, not all not all speculation is created equal. Some people have a very justifiable right mm-hmm. to, to be wary, right? Like, I couldn't be a black man in the South and not be questioning what's going on. Knowing that something like the Tuskegee experiment happened, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, if these it, are industries that have made billions, uncountable dollars off of the subjugation of experimented peoples who are not compensated. Yeah. And if you wanna, if you really want to know the future, all you really have to do is find the tangential parallels that exist in the past, mm. right? This happened, and this is how it responded. 99 when they say history repeats itself that's what they're talking about when they say learn from the past that's what they're talking about they're talking about well i can guarantee you right now that all the water bottle i can guarantee you that all the occurrences this is going to end exactly like the spanish flu Mm. right someday people are just going to be like i'm over it and i'm going to the movies and then restaurants yeah, and, but if you know history, mm-hmm. if you know how something, you can, with a very slight error, uh, margin of error, to take into account for the manipulation of history, you can you can determine you can determine the outcome. And um, you know, to claim that you know all of it because you watched the news and they told you what they told you. That's silly to me. That's short-sighted to me. And at right? the end... Of- because now you, what you really want is a confirmation bias. Yeah, of course. But that's what everybody wants. That's what everyone is after. Nobody really cares about whether the thing that they know, air quotes, um, the, the thing that they know is the fact. Yeah. They don't care about whether or not... That's inconsequential. Yeah, if it happens to be the truth, great. As long as it agrees with what I already think, mm-hmm. I... And with what everyone around me is saying, right? Because now now we're getting into the safety aspect of it. Oh, I'm following everyone because if I don't, that could be danger, right? I, And that is valid. That's a valid response to whatever generational or you know current traumas you have. To follow the group to save yourself. I get it. But yeah, and that a, doesn't mean I'm like that. Yeah, and there's a certain percentage of like human nature that is instinctual. 
Yeah. Right? There's a there's a there's a percentage of your reactions, you right now who are listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. that you cannot account for in your rational mind. Mm. Right? That's what a trigger is. Right? Remember the other day we were watching a thing and I asked you why did you have this particular response to a thing? Mm-hmm. The reason why I asked you that, as I explained to you, was I noticed that that's the same reaction that a child has when they're presented with something that they don't, that doesn't make sense to them, mm-hmm. is mockery, right? So I saw that and I wanted clarification on your action because I wanted to see if the psychological profile that I'm developing holds true. It was like a, a, an opportunity to test the theory mm-hmm. that I had. Um, and then the response, you know, we all know where that went. You and I both know where that went. Um, but my, my point being, Anybody who tells you that they know, that they have the answer, is trying to sell you an outcome, is trying to sell you a product, is trying to control the way you think. And to give power to their version of reality. Because some might say, right, getting you to agree with their point of view is a way to align your energy with their outcome, Mm -hmm. thus nudging reality in their direction, in their favor. Right. It's why billionaires who have this very techno dystopia, uh, everybody's a cyborg. We have vibrators inbuilt in our body and fucking computer chips in our brain that link up to our bank accounts. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the outcome, the perceived outcome wanted by a lot of tech billionaires. And there's a reason why those things pop up in movies and television. It's not predictive programming. It's them calling their shop. It's them going, this is what you're going to see in the next 15 years. Because this is what I'm working towards. And I want you to experience no dissonance when it happens. So I'm going to introduce you to it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's no different than political um, campaigning. Yeah. You know, you're campaigning for your version of reality. Watch this movie and watch what I want to happen. You don't know that this is what I want to happen. But there's also a possibility of a techno-renaissance. There's also a possibility of a techno-utopia, right, that we are not presented with. Which is my dream. Now imagine, and then, you know, we could also take this opportunity to present this idea to you with you knowing that this is the outcome we would like. And if you choose to give your energy to that, even better because the intention makes the power more thick is the word I'm thinking of (laughs) opaque concentrated concentrated there we go yeah concentrated so a techno utopia could exist where we utilize technology to help us do things like maintain sustainable growing practice a green techno utopia is fully possible right now i forgot where it was i I forget it might be switzerland i'm gonna guess it's switzerland because all the cool stuff happens there first Mm -hmm. uh, or like in that vicinity hey isn't that where they started the yes the first uh yes um but very cool they no no they have a vertical farm Mm -hmm. that produces on on like per capita the same amount as the next 300 largest producing farms in one facility and it's fully automated nobody is working the field no robots are doing everything they're harvesting they're packaging they're doing the whole thing 
And this is something that is easily replicatable all over the world. Mm -hmm. We could have solved world hunger like 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's just the people who make money from food are blocking every attempt for us to move forward so we don't have access to those technologies. And I would love for everybody listening to that last point to take a moment to consider what is the purpose of philanthropy if it's not to fix these problems that we've had for years that can be easily fixed in a moment. Really think about the technology that we have, not even, well, I mean, let's just think about the technology we have available to us, right? Because there's technology that exists that is not available to oh, us. Oh, a lot. A lot. A lot. Some would say 30 to 50 years ahead of what we have now, right? So what we'll be able to purchase in 30 years already exists right now. We just don't have access to it because... Especially if you know the rate at which technology advances, right? So technology, for those of you who don't know, technology actually advances at 10 times the rate of the previous year. Mm -hmm. So at this point, if you take whatever you consider to be the peak of technological advancement, right? Right now, I'm probably going to go with like time crystals and and uh, superconductors for quantum for quantum computing are probably like the most advanced technology that we have that the general public is aware of. Mm -hmm. Next year, the the peak is going to be 10 times more advanced than that. that and yeah. that expands exponentially so now if you consider those um facts and the fact that world hunger could have been ended 60 years ago now really the question is why didn't they do it why didn't all these philanthropists do it how come all these philanthropists are so concerned with owning all the farmland and uh reducing the population by 10 to 15 percent just look at the bill gates ted talk which is public which you can watch right now he says, in plain English, we could reduce the population 10 to 15% through the development of inoculations. His yeah. words. This is not my interpretation of his words, right? So if these are the things that they will tell you. And I think it's because they have to. Mm -hmm. I think they have to tell you. Because you have to accept the idea before you're willing to perform exactly. the action. So it goes back to how in your media, in your entertainment, they are spoon feeding you these atrocities so that you get used to it, right? The it's horror movie horror movies are intended to desensitize you to violence. It's the terror wave. Right? Um uh, science fiction is intended to introduce you to technological advancements that you're not ready for and concepts that you may not be ready to, to comprehend. So they introduce it to you in, in a form of fantasy, mm -hmm. right? Because once it's in your fantasy, you can now imagine it. And once you can imagine it, you're aligning your energy with their energy, thus nudging it in their direction, right? It's the same reason why, to me... Things like anime are super important for people who don't have access to TED Talks and, and uh, getting behind paywalls of, of scientific research, right? Because when I hear energy manipulation, mm -hmm. I can instantly refer to Naruto. I can instantly go to Neji. Okay, cool. This is how I make an energy bubble. This is what Neji did. I have a point of reference by which to imagine it. Therefore, 
I can I can manifest that thing by how clearly I'm able to imagine that thing. You know, that show was honestly truly mind-blowing to me when I watched it. I just watched it for the first time last year. Um, probably late 2020, I started watching it. And the things that I, you know, because when I was a kid, before uh, spiritual practice and occult knowledge became popularized, mm -hmm. um, I was on it. I would walk to Barnes & Noble with my friends, and we would scour the New Age section, and I would buy all kinds of books on reading auras, and doing spell work, and doing tarot, and... And this was my bread and butter from when I was like 12, right? And my parents absolutely hated it. I understand why now. And I'm really grateful that I didn't get as heavily invested until later in life because I would my karma would have been destroyed if I would have at 12 years old been seriously doing, you know, spell work. I would have yeah, I would have wrecked it. I would have wrecked it. Yeah. You know, like wrecked my future uh, karmic experience. So I'm grateful for that. But all these ideas that I was presented with through books, I really could have watched Naruto and been like, oh. Like, when I saw the energy ball thing, I was like, I've been doing that. Like, I knew this was a thing, you know? And it was it's revolutionary because they're... And, like, they're, to be fair, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, a show like Naruto, Naruto specifically, but a lot of shows, have a great work that they are referencing. Yeah. Because this is the only way to be successful in entertainment. Any of you people who are out there who are looking to be entertainers in any in any avenue, right? If you want to make it to mogul status in music, the way you do that is referencing songs that were popular before your time, right? If you want to be a successful artist, a successful comic book artist, you want to sell some additional books... Here's what you do. Make a reference to a particular cover that was done by Jack Kirby and then put it after the... Use their name, their their story, their use that reference point and stand on top of that. Right? So you're not starting from the... That's the real way to get to success. If you want your work to get in front of the most people, you have to make reference points that are accessible to the most amount of people. Mm -hmm. Right? So a show like Naruto, for example... Is heavily based on the mythologies of China and Japan, mm -hmm. right? That's why all of Sasuke's moves are named after old Shinto gods, mm -hmm. right? Amaterasu, uh, Tsukiyomi, all of those, those are all old gods, right? There's a there's a reason for that. You're making the reference, which gives people access to it in a different way, mm -hmm. and then that sets them up for the predictive programming of when. They encounter in their real life to go, Neji, And boom. it's also like just a way of, of giving reverence, right? Thus giving, so you know, if you believe in the American God style um, power acquisition of gods, meaning the more people who worship, the more power the gods have, right? The more energy you give to the god, the more energy it has. Shout out to Neil Gaiman. Yes. That show's great. Um, and I haven't read the books, but I like the show. Okay. So now these creators are giving reverence to these uh, mythological beings and we're all giving reverence to them too without even realizing not, it, right? When you're a kid running around pretending you have Amaterasu. Yeah. Yeah. And not not just not just that, but also you are tapping into 
the energy pool that's already been developed by that great yes. work. Yes. Right? So, probably billions of people on this earth have read, have some understanding, and their belief system is based loosely in some way to the Christian Bible. Mm-hmm. Or the Torah. Or the Kabbalah. Or, right? Any any one of the, the great works. The Quran. Yeah. Any one of the great... Because those are like the greatest great works. They're the mm-hmm. most referenced. Wait, Kabbalah? Yeah. Kabbalah is a, a belief system too. No, no, I know. I just didn't know that it... I thought it was a newer... It is newer, but the Kabbalah is based on the Torah. It's, gotcha, gotcha. It's a reference to a reference yeah, to a yeah, reference. Yeah. Right? That's actually... The Kabbalah is the perfect example of, it, of what I'm talking about. Um, so like the Christian Bible already has a pool of energy associated with it, mm-hmm. right? Decades upon decades, hundreds of years, millions and millions of worshipers who practice, right? There's a pool there. So now, if I put an allegorical Jesus in my story, a la like a Neo... I was thinking happy feet. Sure. <laughs> uh, that really was If you didn't catch on... <laughs> If you didn't catch on to the religious undertones of Happy Feet, we need to have a conversation. I need to put you on to what Disney's doing to you. It was anyway. such a bummer, man. Um, but my point is, when I when if I put an allegorical Jesus in my works, right, I'm now tapping into the network of energy that has already been laid before me, mm-hmm. right? I get to tap into that because every single person of those billions of people who now read my story, who see the allegorical Jesus and make the connection, mm-hmm. they're giving me a direct pipeline to that energy, yeah. which is why people do it. This is why people make reference because the entirety of understanding is based on point of reference. The more points of reference you understand, the more thoroughly you fully understand reality in its totality. Which really uncovers the superpower of ADHD brains. Yeah. Because you have the ability to make multiple points of reference in an instant. And if we're talking about, you know, the ability to accumulate points of reference in the same vein of the exponential building of technology, now your multiple points of reference have the ability to multiply in it, in the um, rate exponentially with which, you know, the amount of more reference. Like, you know, right now, this uh, book gave you 10 points of reference. Right. Now your ability to view those points of reference from that work allow you to add that work to your list of points of reference. Right. So you slowly and exponentially build on that, meaning your ability to make connections becomes greater and greater. Yeah, and this is and this is why um, it's not that deep is like my least favorite uh. phrase in in all of in all of language. You're not that deep. It, no, but that's <laughs> but that's exactly the truth, right? Because how many how many people out there have watched Naruto, for example, mm-hmm. since that's the example that we were using, mm-hmm. and have no idea that Amaterasu and Sukayomi and all these things are referencing are referencing a religious belief. Mm-hmm. Loosely, right? Even if it's only in name, right? The Susano of of Naruto is nothing like the Susano of, of the Shinto belief system. But those people have no idea that this is going on. Yeah. They're missing an entire layer to the same experience that I had because I knew that was a thing when I went into watching it. When I found out about that, actually, I felt immediately kind of guilty because I was like, oh my God, I've just been insulting this God for like 
months. <laughs> because when I first found, you know, if you watch Naruto, uh, that ability, the Susano, mm -hmm. came after the others right so it was like that yeah, came later it was the bigger yeah. deal yeah. but to me it had the way stupider name so it made me laugh so much because i i was just calling it old susano for like <laughs> three months because it cracked me up and old I, I just couldn't yeah exactly don't you cover me i just couldn't take it seriously and then you told me about you know the you connections covered to the gods my whole and body I was like, with oh, your gosh. purple energy hey very nice see thank you, thank you. susano but now I can't, I can't not call it that. I know that's not what it's called. Yeah, but I know because, it's a god. See, but that's because that's a, that's a point of distinction. That, right? We're talking about point of reference. Mm -hmm. Point of distinction that you've made personally. Yeah. It's that thing where when you hear lyrics in a particular way, you can't ever unhear it. Mm -hmm. Right? And the, the example that I'm always going to go back to is Poker Face. And how Danny, how Danny made me think that it was... Uh, she looks like she looks, she looks like Barack Obama. Yeah, like I'll never be able to hear that song and not hear she looks like Barack Obama. Yeah, that's it's. She looks like Barack one. Obama. Yeah, I used to really uh, dig that song. Yeah, I know. You used to really dig Gaga. <sighs> yeah. Now, I just see her at that fucking spirit cooking event, and I want to puke. Listen. And then I heard a conspiracy that uh, Lady Gaga's Amy Winehouse, and I wanted to destroy everything. <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> because Amy Winehouse... Listen, I... I... Under, I know that I don't put a lot of weight on celebrity, and there are not a lot of celebrities that I'm like, I love that person, because like I don't know you. Mm -hmm. But Amy Winehouse... I loved Amy Winehouse. Well, I mean... Like I cried a lot when she died. I mean, lot. she's she's a good example of what of what like Hollywood and that whole mechanism will do to a normal person, mm -hmm. right? And I'm not, I don't know enough about her past to like I I haven't sat there and watched all the documentaries the way you have or whatever, but like. I definitely do that. I don't know enough about her past to to claim otherwise, but she's a prime example of what happens when you put a normal person through the machine, mm -hmm. right? She could not process the cage that is fame, mm -hmm. and the thing that's crazy is like I can look at those stories, those cautionary tales, and realize that. There are millions of people who are praying for that particular kind of enslavement for themselves mm -hmm. because they somehow think it's better, right? But have you ever listened to, like, celebrity schedules? <laughs> when they talk about, like, I sleep three hours a night and most of the time that's, like, when I'm on the plane going to whatever the next event. Like, do you really want that? Is that something that... Of course not. Because the only thing that you're thinking about is the glam and the glitz and the red carpet and the... and The, sh the facade that they show you to entice you. That's what it is. Because to the people who run the show, that's just more pawns to manipulate. I don't care. 
they don't care. They want it. They want you to be drawn in. We talked about this in our first episode, how all of these, you know, child stars were abused and we're looking at them on TV as children and being like, I want to be just like that. Meanwhile, your energetic signature is screaming abuse. You can't hide the energy. You can mask all you want physically. But at the end of the day, if a person is being abused, it is in their energetic signature. And now when you're striving to emulate that person without knowing that they're heavily abused, you're unconsciously saying, I want that reality for myself. So then when you get it and the abuse comes with it, you're conflicted because you're like, damn, I wanted this, but I don't want this. It's a bait and switch. Yeah, yeah, and and which is why your knowing should come from you. And also, like, the thing that people have to understand is, no matter how good your ability to imagine is, no matter how sharp your intuition is, no matter how good you are at manifestation, mm-hmm. right? Nothing is ever going to come one hundred percent the way you want it, mm-hmm. because there are. Billions of people who exist, who have intentions, who have energy, who have access to all the same things that you have access to, right? So, it's part of the reason why they say if you want to change the world, change yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Because if I put all my energy towards changing this small thing, which is me, right? I can control what happens to me. If I put all my energy towards trying to shift the outcome for the world, there are billions of people working against me. There are, there are some people who are working parallel, tangentially to me, but want to go in a different direction. You can't control the ebb and flow of the universe. What you can do is nudge it positively or negatively towards your goal by aligning people with that energy. Mm-hmm. If we all put our weight towards a sharp left turn, we can turn left. Hence the energetic, you know, the solar flares and the Schumann resonance changes, right? If you guys follow the Schumann resonance... It's supposedly... Shout out to Schumann. <laughs> Friend of the show. Word up. <laughs> um, if you... You know, I don't know... Uh, I don't have enough knowledge to explain this in a way that could be considered accurate. But from my understanding, it's a measure of our kind of uh, collective energy on the planet. And we've seen changes when things like mass meditations occur. We've seen this uh, directly impact the Schumann resonance. So, if we if we use our um, intention to all direct this ship, right, the ship of your community, the ship of your friends, the ship of you, into one reality, we have the ability to do it. So, I'm not saying stop consuming everything outside of yourself and, and, you know, focus on what you want to create, but consume with... Intention. And consume with consideration that everything could be a lie. And that this is just a possibility presented to you. And if you don't like it, then let's choose a different one. Hit me up. Let's figure it out together. And let's all go in the same direction. Right? Like, my... I changed my bio on Instagram to, you know, like... um the algorithm of my tribe right because that's really what i want it to be i want it to be like if you are drawn to my page 
and you like the kind of content that I curate and share, what page it's is that? because it is Tabulana on Instagram. It's T-A-B-B-Y-L-U-N-A, baby. Um, although if you're listening to this, you probably came here from Instagram. It? But it's cool. Yeah, so I call I that's what I really want it to be. I want to post all these things that align with me so that the people who align with me can be like, damn, me too. And yeah. then we can figure this thing out together, right? Because if you're commenting on my stuff like, oh, this is uh, this is irresponsible or this is wrong, bro, get out of here then. Look at the bio. If you're not part of the tribe, that's cool. Enjoy your tribe. Yeah, do you? But I'm not here to debate you on the rightness or wrongness of the thing that aligns with me. Yeah, but stop showing up on my front lawn and knocking on my door on a Sunday morning to preach to me. Like, get out just, of here. just stop. Te- just let me do me. Respectfully, get the fuck on. Respectfully, go fuck yourself. <laughs> because, you know, in the beginning, I actually took the time to engage people, and I don't know why. And now I'm starting to see, like, this is why I'm saying I don't debate anymore. It's a waste of time. If you don't like this idea, there are many of ideas for you to choose from, baby. Go ahead. So if you're still with me and you send me things like, hey, this came at the perfect time, I take mental note of that, right? When you say, when something that I post, you say it came to me when I needed it, that tells me something. We're on a similar frequency. So if we can take those frequencies and generate an image that we're going to fly to, let's do it. Yeah, and see, that's that's kind of the hardest thing for me is that because of a particular combination of ability and detriments mm-hmm. that exist within me, mm-hmm. I have an ability to have an absurd amount of thoughts mm-hmm. in a single second. And, like I said, I always have the ability to to give up what I'm thinking if you can provide me with evidence, right? So what winds up happening is everything is possible so nothing is real. Yep. <laughs> yes, exactly. Making it malleable, like Play-Doh. So the, or, like, if you're a Pokemon person, ditto. So let us all come together and sculpt the reality from the blob of possibility that's presented in front of us. And let's not so easily and sometimes dreadfully accept the realities that are being shoved down our throats. Because if they are telling you something, they want you to believe something. They're not giving you all of it. They want you to believe a certain thing for a reason. Anyone who says they know is trying to sell you something. At the end of the day, our our entire society is built on the concept of Someone who has more than you using the more that they have Mm -hmm. to take the little bit that you have away from you so that they could have more. That's the entire premise of not just the American economy, but literally like existing in in the world as it is right now. Everything is out to take something from you, even if the only thing it's out to take is your ability to think for yourself. It's always out to strip you of something that you have that is inherently yours that doesn't belong to them, but they want. So let's let go of the nonsense. Let's jump into this renaissance and have some fun. Let's have some underground techie kind of parties and enjoy the future that's being created, right? And um, I think this rounds everything out. I think we're at a good place. Yep. I don't want to start a fourth hour. 
<laughs> Although, if you're hearing this, more than likely this is a part two of a really long conversation. Um, and thank you. If, if you're here this long, thank you. Word. Um, uh, this was, in fact, a major undertaking, a, a big beast to tackle, almost four hours of talking. Speaking of beasts, shout out to the beast. Dave Batista, friend of the show. You know I love you, Dave. I will catch you soon. We'll catch up. I know it's been a while. Um, I'm looking forward to the next time I hear from you. Come by for dinner sometime. You know how it is. You know how we do. Yeah. Um, and everybody else, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. You guys are dope. And see you soon. See you soon. <laughs> the music. Okay, bye. <laughs>